Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. Sean Harding is our guest this week on Carolina Newsmakers, and we're talking about his role as president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau. We're talking about how important agriculture is to the state of North Carolina. Uh, And we've talked about how the farmer has reacted to the pandemic, how we've kept the food supply going, and we've talked about the tobacco industry. Uh, And uh, as we look ahead, what uh, are the forecasted at the present time for the year 2021. What, uh, uh, what, what are your experts telling you is likely to happen this year? Uh, I'm always cautious about uh, making predictions, even with experts, but uh, we all know how that worked out in, in 2020. Um, but, you know, actually commodity prices are, are up and that's a positive. Uh, I think this trade war with China has, uh, maybe come to an end. We're hopeful. We'll see how this next administration deals with that. Uh, but China's buying a, a ton of products right now. And, and so we're in a, we're in an up cycle with commodity prices. So that always brings optimism on the farm. And, uh, and that's a good thing. You know, the biggest concern I guess we have is, is where we are in this pandemic. Um, and, and we, you know, I think all of us probably thought we'd be closer to the end than we are. Um, but, you know, the average age of a farmer in North Carolina is 58 years old, and that's the average. So we know a lot of our farmers are in this high risk category uh, for COVID. And so I, I just am hopeful that we can get farmers vaccinated as soon as possible, farm workers vaccinated as soon as possible. I think that's the, the biggest issue that I'm, I'm thinking, uh, looking at right now. What about uh, energy and energy prices? Uh, are they stabilized? Yeah, I think we're in a pretty good place in energy right now. I, I'm proud of what our nation has done. I know the, the whole ethanol discussion is not uh, popular with everyone, but you know, uh, I can remember, I'm not too old, but I can remember we were so dependent on foreign oil. Uh, but now our nation is not as dependent on that. And a lot of that is because we're growing our own fuel. We're growing our own fuel in corn and ethanol. And so I'm proud of that. Um, and so I think our energy situation is good. Now, we all know uh, that we've got to be proactive when it comes to energy. I was disappointed uh, in the uh, not, not getting the natural gas pipeline this past year. And, and I think that would have been a positive for our Eastern North Carolina, uh, but we're continue to work in that direction on, on energy. What about farm labor? And of course, the farmer uh, in North Carolina, particularly, has always been interested in the immigration situation. Where do we stand there? Well, it's it's a it's an ongoing situation. Uh, unfortunately, it's a it's sort of a powder keg. Of, when you bring up immigration, you have people that are so uh, on both sides of the issue, so far apart. And you know what we're saying is we had this this year was a great opportunity to look at this. We had a, the, a, this spike in unemployment because of COVID, and we still could not get people to work on the farm. And, and that's just where we are in our country. And I think our society needs to understand that, that if we're going to get crops harvested and, and produced and, and delivered, we've got to have this uh, guest worker to come in and help us do that. And they're proud to do it and they want to do it. And we work together and they they are paid well. That money goes back to Mexico or wherever they come from and, and supports their families. So it's a great system. 
Uh, it needs to be fine-tuned, and we're going to continue to work on that on the federal level to have a better, uh, it's, it's called the H2A program, guest worker program. But we saw that this year, that, that even with all the unemployment, uh, that, that people are not interested in farm labor. And and that's okay. That's where we are as a society. But we have to understand that means we need workers from somewhere. The uh, trade agreements uh, over the last several years have changed uh, somewhat. Has that turned out to be an advantage for North Carolina or a disadvantage? Well, our two biggest trading partners in North Carolina are Mexico and Canada. So this last uh, trade agreement, the USMCA, uh, was a positive for, for North Carolina agriculture. I think there's still some things to be worked out in that agreement. Uh, it's only uh, six or nine months in, uh, so we still got some things to look at there. Of course, the big one, the phase one China agreement, as I mentioned earlier, has, has uh, it looks like it's working, uh, but we need to continue to, to hold them to, to what they've agreed to. The big uh, work now is in Europe. We've got to get a trade agreement done uh, with the UK uh, and, and with Europe and try to work with those folks. And, and that would really help North Carolina agriculture. As I mentioned sweet potatoes earlier, uh, we export a lot of sweet potatoes to Europe. So that would be an important uh, trading partner for us. So uh, of, of the crops grown in North Carolina, about what percentage are exported to foreign countries compared to uh, use in the United States? You know, we, we like to use this visual because I think it helps everybody. Well, it helps if you come from a farm, maybe to understand this, that every fifth row uh, has to be exported. So if you're counting the rows, uh, every fifth row has to be exported. That's, that's what we have to do. So uh, we have to understand that. And, and uh, it's a big part of, of what we do in agriculture. And so we're blessed as a country to raise all this food and to be a part of feeding the world. And, and we want to continue to do that. So, uh, we've got to have, you know, good bilateral trade agreements that work for both sides. We are blessed in North Carolina to have an outstanding higher education system. And of course, in the area of agriculture, that's sort of uh, the, uh, I guess, the main school that we look to is North Carolina State University has outstanding research programs going on all the time, but that's not the only college or university that's involved in agriculture. How, how do you work with the universities and the colleges, both the privates and the publics? Well, we have a strong relationship with uh, North Carolina A&T and, and I really appreciate working with them. You know, North Carolina A&T focus a lot on the, on the small farmers. As I mentioned earlier, we're a general farm organization. So we represent small farmers and large farmers organic farmers and, and non-organic farmers. So uh, we work closely with North Carolina A&T. Uh, University of Mount Olive has a really strong ag program uh, and we work real close with them. We have a, a young farmer program at that college. So uh, these are all partners of ours and uh, we look forward to working with any of the public and, and private universities that are looking to advance agriculture in this state. I, I just had a conversation with someone at, at East Carolina University yesterday in their business school uh, about that. So, you know, we're, we're always looking for those partnerships. Is the interest in majoring in agriculture as high as it once was? Uh, do you see a, a number of young people looking to farming as a career? We do. I, I, I think I would use this time to also say that we need more. Uh, we need more young people in agriculture. 
we need more to understand because I think when everybody hears that agriculture, they think, well, I'm going to go be a farmer. We have tremendous amount of jobs that are ag related jobs. We just don't have enough people to fill those jobs. I know uh, Dean Linton over at the College of Ag Life Sciences at NC State has worked hard on that and, and just to share with people, hey, we've got lots of opportunities in science. But really, when you boil agriculture down, it's a science. And so we're talking about, you know, everybody hears about STEM curriculum. Agriculture is a science uh, curriculum. And so there's all kinds of opportunities and, and will continue to be. And uh, so we need more young people to, to be in agriculture. And you mentioned North Carolina State uh, University. A lot of federal grants and a lot of grant money comes into the state uh, that is uh, spent on research projects at uh, particularly North Carolina State, to some degree, even UNC Chapel Hill, and of course, A&T and the other schools. But that's, uh, that's an important part of the economy in North Carolina, the amount of money that is spent in higher educational research. Oh, we're so blessed, right, as a state to have uh, the Research Triangle Park here. A lot of that research is based around agriculture and uh, agriculture sciences. So uh, it is tremendous. Uh, the ag science, uh, plant science building that's going on at NC State right now is going to be one of the premier ag science buildings in the nation. And again, it's one of those uh, probably most people don't know about. Uh, so we need to talk more about that. Uh, but really proud of that partnership over there at NC State and what what they've uh, what they're doing in in uh, science and technology. I'm proud that, uh, and I've heard the dean talk about this. But the research that was continued this year during the pandemic. So there was a lot of concern. You know, there's certain things you just can't shut down. You would lose all the work you've done two or three years prior in that research. Uh, so they were able to continue that research and figure out how to do that this year. So I'm proud of that. And that will pay dividends in the future for agriculture. And of course, one of the things that always comes out of the research is the growing efficiency of the farmer. We get more uh, out of less land. And that's uh, so important as we uh, continue to serve more and more people in the world, not only in the United States, but in the world. We have to continue to get more and more efficient. And that's uh, the payoff of a lot of this research. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about uh, how much less land, how much less water uh, that is used now to produce the crops, produce the livestock, uh, produce the animals that we do. So very proud of our efficiency. It's amazing, really, uh, what our farmers are able to do uh, with less now. And so, uh, you know, that's uh, obviously when you become more efficient, that's how we are. Uh, sometimes we have these situations where we have these big crops and and that become, food becomes so much cheaper. But uh, we're just blessed that we have uh, such a great system in this country, in this state. Well, it, it is a real tribute to uh, our uh, university system that we are able to serve the agricultural interests uh, so well. And of course, as you pointed out, what an important part of the economy agriculture is uh, to North Carolina, always has been, and always will continue to be. Well, our guest is Sean Hawning. He's the president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau. And uh, we'll be back with one final segment on Carolina Newsmakers. So wrap things up and talk about what uh, the prospects for the new year are likely to be with regard to legislation. And uh, again, I'm going to get back to his forecast of exactly what we can expect to happen. That's coming up here on Carolina Newsmakers. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. 
A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. John Harding is our guest on this edition of Carolina Newsmakers. He's the president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau, and as we said, uh, sort of new to that job. He's beginning his second year now in that capacity. Uh, and as Sean pointed out, he is reelected year by year. Sean is a active farmer, or was an active farmer. He, his family still operates a farm. Now he is working, of course, full-time with the Farm Bureau and its other uh, approximately uh, 1,800 or so employees that we discovered, 900 in the office here in Raleigh, 187 county offices across the state, and some 800 or so that work in the insurance area. Sean, we uh, have talked about so many things. Let's, let's look again at uh, the priorities for the year 2021. What are your legislative priorities uh, on the uh, state and federal level? And you can break those into two, two areas if you'd like. Well, I think um, <laughs> I would start with the obvious, I guess I would say, and that is rural broadband. And this has been a, a drum that we've been beating for, I don't know, four or five years, maybe more. Um, but I think all of us saw it this year more than ever, whether your kids were home and, and couldn't log on to be educated. Uh, but we just saw the, the disconnect. Uh, and so we have talked about that issue. Uh, what I think, you know, what I'm hopeful for, I guess I would say, is because you can talk to people on both sides of the aisle and everyone agrees this is something we have got to get fixed. Uh, broadband is not a situation where it's a luxury anymore. It's a necessity. And so uh, that's going to be our number one priority going in this year, really, because I believe we can work across the aisle with both sides, which is where we we always work at Farm Bureau uh, and, and talk about this issue. So that's that's probably the number one. Uh, on, the, on the federal level, are, are, uh, what uh, in addition to the broadband, of course, the federal government can help with that as well. But one of the other issues with the federal government and uh, crop prices and so forth. Yeah, I think probably what I would say on the federal level is, you know, with a change in administration, uh, we're going to look to see which direction they want to go. We already know uh, that this, uh, I'm going to call it the climate change discussion is going to be had. And we're ready to have that discussion. When I say we're ready as, as farmers, as agriculture, we can be a positive force in that discussion. 
uh, whether we're talking about uh, carbon credits or or whatever you, the discussion is, uh, we certainly want to be a part of that. I'm proud that uh, here in North Carolina, we've already reached out to some of the other environmental groups to talk about how can we work together uh, to solve this issue. And I know that's happening with American Farm Bureau as well. So I think that's going to be a real push. We're uh, excited. Uh, the you know the, a lot of the leadership in in Washington uh, is coming from North Carolina. We have a relationship with Michael Regan, who's going to be the new uh, uh, chairman of EPA, and so we have that relationship. And so I think we have friends there that we can have a discussion with, and just talk about how we move forward in this in this discussion of climate change. You mentioned earlier we sort of settled our trade agreements with Mexico and Canada, uh, and you mentioned that uh, we need to work harder to get an establishment with uh, in relationships as far as exports with uh, European countries, especially uh, Great Britain. So where, what's next there? Well, I think there is an ongoing discussion about uh, those trade agreements. Obviously, we got to wait and see with new new folks going into Washington where they will go. I, you know, I, I was actually reading something this morning in Europe that a lot of those folks over there, as, as we talk about vaccines and science and trusting the science during this COVID world, it's a great opportunity to say, yes, in agriculture, this is what we've been saying for years, trust the science. And so when we talk about, uh, you know, gene editing and, and those kind of things that make us more efficient on the farm, that's all that, that uh, is happening with vaccines as well. And, and these things are safe, they're trusted, uh, they're tested. Uh, and so I think the big problem we've had with Europe is just the uh, not understanding the science behind agriculture. And so I think that hopefully, I'm hopeful anyway, uh, that maybe this year of COVID, there's some some uh, silver lining to it that will come out of that. And we can say, trust the science. We also mentioned uh, the, the diversity of crops in North Carolina. We forget that there's so many things like apples and Christmas tree farming in the West that uh, we don't always think of as being a part of agriculture, but the Christmas tree industry had a great year this year. Yes, sir. You know, I think that was a, a statement I made early on in the pandemic was that there would be winners and losers. I guess in every situation, that's the case. Uh, but what we saw was uh, in our apple farmers and Christmas tree farmers, a lot of them have a public facing uh, business and, and they were just overrun with people uh, wanting to buy local, wanting to support the farms which just is it, just fascinating and, and, and just great, you know? And so I, a lot of our farmers had a very successful year. You're right. Christmas tree farms uh, sold out pretty quickly this year. Of corn and tobacco and soybeans and cotton, what are the crops that are likely to continue to grow in North Carolina? Which ones might actually decline somewhat? Well, I think we'll hold our own in, in those industries. Uh, you know, we are what we call a corn deficit state. And that's because, as I mentioned early on, we have so many uh, chickens and pigs to feed. Uh, we don't have enough corn. So all the corn to feed all those animals, a lot of that corn actually has to come from the Midwest. And so uh, we're going to continue to have a market here for what corn and soybeans uh, and wheat we can grow. Um, you know, cotton, as I mentioned, has had some ups and downs in prices, but we can grow a lot of cotton in North Carolina and do it very efficiently. So I think that will continue to be uh, a, a bright spot as well. Uh, you know, I, I don't see anything decreasing right now as I could look at it. Um, one of the things that we're trying to push is, is our fruit and vegetable industry 
we can grow a lot of fruits and vegetables, but we don't uh, take a lot of those fruits and vegetables to the to the finish line. And so I think food manufacturing is an awesome opportunity here in North Carolina and something that we can look forward to. Well, that's a good point, because why if we grow it here, why don't we produce it here? the end product here and, and cut down on the travel. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Uh, and I think that is the direction I, I know that a lot of our economic development people are looking at, especially in Eastern North Carolina, uh, there's some opportunities there. And, and that's the other thing I would just uh, add is that we've got to also look, as I talked about early on with Farm Bureau, we're not just a, a voice for agriculture, but we feel like we're a, a voice for rural North Carolina. And so we've got to look about, how we make rural North Carolina uh, successful. I mentioned broadband and that's a part of it, uh, but we've, we've got to look at, uh, you know, we see so many, as I've mentioned, being in Wake County here, we see so many jobs here. We got to look at getting jobs in Western and Eastern North Carolina as well. And of course we do have the ports that, that we can uh, use for exporting. Uh, and we have hardly touched on the uh, pork industry and how much uh, exporting they do. Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, the pork industry exports a lot, and uh, especially with China last year having uh, uh, African swine fever, so they were in need of pork, and uh, and that's a big part of what we do here in North Carolina. and And I'm proud of our pork industry and and what they do. They're in a change and in, in flux right now, um, and I think that's because of the pandemic. But we're going to figure it out and. I think the other part of it, and there's been a lot of discussion about, we need more opportunities for people, uh, for these smaller processors as well, that come in and help uh, process meat. We saw that this year during the pandemic as well. So there are going to be lessons uh, that we learn through this. You know, it's just like any of us at home, you you have uh, difficult times, but you learn from it. And, uh, and there'll be lessons certainly we can learn from this pandemic. Uh, of course, you can get more information. If you'd like more information about the Farm Bureau, you can just go online and say North Carolina Farm Bureau and find out all the information you need to know about what this organization does. Sean, thank you so much for sharing time with us. I'm sure our listeners enjoyed it, and uh, we will look forward to having you back on again. If you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast or share it with a friend, you can do so by going to carolinanewsmakers.com, carolinanewsmakers.com and uh, hear not only this broadcast, but any others that we have archived through the years. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he promises me faithfully we'll have another interesting guest next week. Till the next week, have a nice week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.